You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to gather together um, under the blood of Jesus Christ. Allow us to have the gospel sit on the throne of our hearts. Uh, Lord, the only expert I am in is sin, and I am doing that extremely well. So I ask that you just hide me behind the cross today and let your gospel reign supreme. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Thank you all so much for coming. My name is Margot Wade Cooney, and um, today's class is called The Gospel According to Kanye. Um, This week we're going to look at what major and mainstream Christian figures are saying about Christianity, but um, more importantly and specifically what kind of gospel they're preaching. Um, And we're going to use Galatians to kind of underscore why it's so important to believe, understand, and defend the gospel. Um, But spoiler alert, this class is going to be a lot about false gospels and the different types of gospels that are sneaking into the pulpits and churches and that are perverting and preventing the gospel of Jesus to be preached. Um, But I don't want to burden y'all with all the nuances of false gospels because it's a bit like whack-a-moles, like you put down one heresy and another one pops up. So the easiest way to talk about false gospels is we're first going to focus on the true gospel. Because much like how there is one true God, there is one true gospel. And if we study that, then we're going to understand the counterfeit. So can anyone tell me what the gospel is? The good news of Christ. Yes. Does anyone want to go in deeper with that? What is the good news of Christ? That's the way I want everyone else to hear it as well, because that is absolutely 100% the gospel, the gospel truth in that. Um, A lot of times we hear in the halls at churches this Tim Keller definition of the gospel says you're more sinful and flawed than you ever dared believe, but more accepted and loved than you ever dared hope. And I like that in the context of church because only Jesus Christ can bridge and bring those two opposing truths together. Um, I like this other one, and you really can't see it. It spells out the gospel. Um, But I like this one because it really takes the gospel from Genesis to Revelation, and it lets you know that the gospel has always been woven into the fabric of creation, that not for one second did our sin in Genesis 3 take them by surprise, and that we're currently living in a multiverse or like, you know, plan B. Um, so now that we have your incredible rendition of the gospel um, as our baseline, we're going to look at um, a false gospel. And uh, the book of Galatians, and we've been studying this in our small group, is pretty incredible. But the overview is that this is a letter written by Paul to an entire country of people that were in a spiritual pandemic, like a catastrophic spiritual pandemic. And if he did not eradicate it, it was gonna grow out of control. And many lives were at stake with this. And 
I think in 2022, we kind of understand just a little bit of what that would feel like. Um, but Paul, in true Pauline form, is going to just use the gospel as a battering ram to these unsuspecting Galatians because um, to him, time is too precious when dealing with eternal damnation. And his letter opens with about 88 words of the pure gospel, what you have just spoken about. Um, and then a typical letter would have been thanksgiving and praise, um, spiritual blessings, yada, yada, yada. No, not in this one. Paul immediately goes into, I'm astonished that so quickly you have deserted him. And Paul goes on to say, uh, talking about that you are teaching a different gospel, you're teaching a perverted and distorted gospel, and a contrary gospel. And um, the English language kind of lets them off the hook with this. Because in other translations, um, in the Greek and other parts of the New Testament, these words that they're using are used to describe an adulterous union, um, stealing someone's wealth to pretend it's your own, or comparing like the pursuit of strange flesh like they did in Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, and I just love that. I love that Paul is just like, he does not hold back. And this is one of my favorites too, when it says... um, But if even we, and he's talking about Paul and the other brothers in the churches, even we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Like, just keep walking. And Paul, a lot like me, is very intense, fire hose, here it goes. And he's like, but let it be known that this is not an outburst. I'm going to say it one more time right after I just said it. So now I say it again. I said sad again. Um, If anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you've accepted, let them be under God's curse. Um, So it's just kind of letting you know just like what kind of serious condition Paul sees them in. Um, And if you're like me, when you read this, you're probably thinking like, what kind of crazy cult are the Galatians? What kind of new religion are they starting that Paul is giving them such a stern rebuke? I mean, or if you're like me, you're like, can I watch this documentary on HBO? Because I just love a good crazy cult. Um, but y'all, this, this is where we get just so dangerously wrong, okay? Um, and this is where Galatia 2,000 years ago eerily starts to look like Christianity in America 2022, okay? It's like a Black Mirror episode. Um, Paul is addressing the Judaizers, and the Judaizers were ethnically and once religiously practicing Jewish men and women that have now been saved by Jesus Christ. They have converted into him. Um, And, you know, Judaizers are preaching the blood of Jesus Christ saves you. So what's the problem? What's the deal? Isn't that correct? And... um, But what they're doing is they're adding to it. They're saying Jesus' saving works saves you, and now, or Jesus plus this. And what they're saying is you've been saved by the work of Jesus, and now you need to keep the commandments, hold up the dietary restrictions, and keep up this moral code, and to be circumcised. Um, So just looking at those requirements, we're like, those aren't bad things, and in fact, that's what God gave us in the Old Testament to set us apart from the others. Where, where's the issue here? And the, the issue is that the gospel changes everything. Um, 
The gospel is about what God has done and not about what you can do. And in fact, the gospel's about what you did and couldn't continue to do, so God had to jump right in and do it. Um, but what we're seeing in the Galatians is this is just the New Testament's version of the old of the golden calf. Um, and what it's saying is your works will actually set you free, and that's what's going to set you apart from your friends. But when you add anything to Jesus, we know it becomes nothing. And so this is kind of the gospel that they were preaching. Good news, you are saved by Jesus. Um, now you need to keep the commandments, take the sacraments, go to church, and do good works to, say that, to stay that way. Um, but as I said, Jesus Christ plus anything equals nothing. Um, what this false gospel is doing is it is taking two, it's making God take two payments for something that has one price. That's making God just like a really sneaky landlord. And it's saying that Jesus' sacrifice was your down payment, but you and your good works and your moral code is what's going to pay the rest of the house off. Um, and so they're taking Christ off the cross, and they're using that wood to put the yoke back on themselves and go back into spiritual bondage. And so this is when I take a deep breath and slow down. Um, this is where we see that the false gospel of the Galatians is coming into the American gospel that we're hearing about every day. And I think because we're in America and we're in the Bible Belt South and that we're pretty spiritually comfortable and we're physically safe from persecution, that when someone starts saying Jesus or salvation or blood or um, just the atoning work, um, we just kind of let it go through. We think that this is a good message. Um, but this is how wolves come into church in sheep's clothing. This is why Paul says if even an angel comes down from heaven preaching a different gospel, let him be accursed. Um, and then to, co to quote Kanye West, he's saying, it's a devil in a new dress. Um, Y'all, the, the devil is not ugly. The devil is a parading around as an angel of light. Um, he is not a creator. He is not creative. He is a master manipulator and distorter. And he is going to take God's truth and he's going to twist it and tweak it just a little bit to make it his own. So now with the Galatians, uh, their gospel and what we're gospel we're seeing now is actually Satan's. And um, it's his gospel plus Jesus and we are left with nothing. Um, Galatians 2 actually talks about how even St. Peter fell prey to this heretical teaching, but thank goodness Paul straightens him out. Um, and I think the reason this is so easy to happen and why we keep tripping up on this is because we are so desensitized to what is being said and we're just looking at who the messenger is. And we judge the messenger, we judge the message by the messenger. Um, so now we're going to play a game called Watch the Throne, and that is absolutely a reference to the 2012 Kanye West and Jay-Z album of the same name. And, um, and you're going to decide who's on the throne with this gospel. So good news. If you are good, God will bless you. Is that the gospel? Okay, good. Um, no, that's not the gospel. Um, <laughs> Good news, God wants you to be happy. 
exactly. If you can't see it, it's, eh, yeah. Um, but this is really the gospel of Joel Osteen, of Oprah, t uh, the television evangelist, uh, Bethel Hillsong. Um, this is otherwise known as the prosperity gospel. Um, does anyone know what this color is? Has anyone heard of this color? Magenta? Close. It's called a Baker Mills pink, and they did a they did a study that said this is actually the most calming color in the world. And they have painted prison cells in different prison places this color pink because it's shown to lower aggression. And so that's what these prosperity gospels are doing. They are enticing you with just like calming different things but you're still in prison, like you are still in bondage to it. So this prosperity gospel is a different gospel altogether. Um, and it's kind of at this point, Joel Osteen's like low hanging fruit. Like we know if Joel Osteen's saying it, we're like, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's true at this point, we're like, yeah, I know the prosperity gospel, but more deeply, like, what does that sound like? And um, it's easy to identify a, pro a false gospel because it is, so blatantly rejecting the suffering servant as king by promoting this health and wealth doctrine. And it's telling you that the suffering king is not the king you want. Um, this different gospel also tells you if you look good and feel good, then you are good. And that's what God promised you. He did not. Um, but this is an insurrection against the Heavenly Father and the crown of Christ, and this is self-worship. And um, this is a gospel that we see more on a visual platform because it is such a physical grasp at God's power. Um, it hides the blesser, which is God, to show off the blessing, and by default, the person receiving it is put on the pedestal. And so you start to think, because I've done something right and because I've done these good works, then I deserve it. And you deserve death. Okay, <laughs> just that is what that is the gospel truth. Um, but instead of giving credit where credit is due, how do I do this? Um, which is unmerited faith and faith and grace. There we go. Um, you have become the king. And um, another thing to know with the prosperity gospel and just other false gospels in general, that just because Jesus is mentioned and just because scriptures are used does not mean it's good. Um, even demons shudder at the name of Jesus. And <laughs> the devil knows scripture far better than most of us. Um, but the prosperity gospel also has to deal with the word of faith movement where um, if God heals you, if you're good enough, God's gonna heal you. And that's really dangerous because God does want you healed, but he is more concerned with a spiritual, eternal healing than a physical one. And so with this, you're putting material goods over God's goodness. Um, and I personally would not feel comfortable telling the disciples like, hey, if you would have prayed a little bit harder, you wouldn't have died such a terrible death. Or if you just would have worked a little bit better, you wouldn't have lived such a life of poverty. But that's what this gospel is doing. And the reality of it is that your best life is not rooted in anything in this world. Your best life is only because God is coming into this world and bringing his kingdom with him. Um, okay, next slides. Uh, good news, if you work, you can do anything. Is that the gospel? Good news, God will not give you anything more than you can handle. 
We hear that one a lot. Yeah, I heard that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <believe> it. <laughs> so wait, someone said God only gives his toughest soldiers the toughest assignments. Uh-huh. And this is awful. Um, but this gospel, you know, this is Mormonism. This is Jehovah Witnesses. This is the Christian self-help aisle at Barnes & Noble. This is what they say in CEO boardrooms and little kids' bedrooms. This is called the personal gospel. And this is a perverted gospel because it takes justification and sanctification and reverses the order. It says, because you are holy, God loves you. And as we know, that is not possible at all. Um, this gospel is just good advice. Um, it is motivational, it's inspirational, and if you follow these 100 easy steps, you too will live this perfect and sinless life. Um, these kind of sermons typically are like how to be a David, how to eat like a Daniel. But if you're listening to a sermon that says how to be a David and they don't mention you're going to have an affair with your best friend's wife and then have them killed, it's not biblical. So just keep on, keep on walking. Um, these gospels are typically on a virtual platform um, because it's about personal, uh, your personal and intimacy, that's how they're going to get you, and that's usually through like a social media or something. But this also has to do with the girl go wash your face mantras or the, the gospel of Glennon Doyle, which is sin is not your enemy, your untapped personal potential is. And again, it is downplaying what sin is, and it is all about lifting you up by your bootstraps. And that is just, that is exhausting. Um, this gospel is an active rebellion against God again. And when you tell others that he's just a good teacher, what you're doing is you're taking them with you. And that's what Satan did. You know, again, this is the gospel of Satan. Um, you can also, you've probably also heard that God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> um, and that's about self-initiative, self-help, self-love, self-sacrifice, and self-worth. Do you see the self, 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 self? Um, you know, what you're doing is you're trading your, like, eternal redemption for temporary self-improvement. Um, but we've learned at the Advent, too, that the gospel is not about being good or bad. It's about being dead or alive. And this is just just helping you get a little bit better. Um, And understanding the gospel at your heart level is learning to repent of your sins and of your good works. Um, Another problem with this gospel is that it is so personal, so it kind of lends to um, an experience-based faith. But the reality is you will let yourself down, your church is going to let yourself down, but you're going to blame God. Um, the real gospel is a rescue. Um, when you're drowning, God does not give you a manual. He gives you a manual. He sends Jesus Christ to come and save you, uh, because that book is not going to float. Um, okay. Good news. God wants you safe and comfortable. I'm hearing a lot more these days. Um, No. Good news. The struggle for justice is ongoing and a necessary pursuit that should prevail over the laws and institution. Um, This is the gospel of universalism. This is the social media activism gospel. 
This is the temple of Satan. That is truly the bylaw of the temple of Satan. They are all about your good works. That is what they're about. This is also gonna be called the gospel of Judas. It is a political and social gospel, but it's also a contrary gospel. So when you are saying, when you're looking at this social gospel or this political gospel, uh, what you're saying is, Jesus, when Jesus says it is finished, you're saying, not until I say it is. Um, Y'all, Jesus was the original protester advocate. He was the original person like out there working for the oppressed, the downtrodden, and the, and the poor. So what you're saying in context of church with this is that like Jesus is Lord, but it's not enough or he hasn't done enough. And with my help of eradication of poverty, with my social justice, with my um, pursuit of racial equality, it will be complete. Um, and it's more about your good works and your own active role and your own agenda. Again, that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, it's a very selfish understanding of how we relate to one another. And this is the kind of um, more what our the, the, sorry, y'all. The political gospel is what we're hearing outside of the church, but the social gospel is the one we're hearing inside the church of we must band together and we must do these works to show them who we are. And it's just this very much like building yourself up again on your good works. Um, and this is kind of, this keeps going, going off. Um, and this is the kind of gospel that we see celebrities really promoting because, again, it's about you and you and you, but you're using it under the guise of helping others. Um, and this progressive gospel, the social gospel that we're talking about, is the one where we see now more in progressive churches where it's talking about um, the inclusivity of it all. Maybe you've heard this before of, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, but I don't feel comfortable telling someone else that they have to believe that as well. There's many other ways to get to God. Or um, God is love. Yeah, God is love, but that's not all. There's more to him than just that. Um, and what you're doing is when you're making it so inclusive, is your the irony of it is that the gospel is actually the most inclusive thing. It's for everyone. It's for everyone to partake in. But you, when you're saying, I don't feel comfortable with G telling you that Jesus is the only way, you are squandering the eternal wealth of Jesus Christ in exchange for just a few likes by internet strangers. That is simply put, um, this political gospel, like I said, this is the gospel of Judas, is thinking that you need to have strength and power over humility and grace, and that you need to be, um, you need to be served, not to serve. And this is, um, this is really where the Galatians fell in. They wanted a whitewashed gospel. They wanted to not be persecuted by the Jewish authorities and they wanted to be saved by Jesus. They were serving these two masters and they just fell completely off. Um, you know, and the same with us though, guys, it's we don't want people to think we're uneducated or we don't want people to think we're uncool. We don't want people to think we're not loving and accepting um, or that we're bigoted and stupid. So we deny the cross of Jesus Christ so that we can promote our own agenda again. Um, and really what we're saying again is, 
can you imagine that we think we are better and more like with it than the God who created the heavens and the earth? And that somehow that we are more loving and accepting than Jesus Christ? Like that is what we are saying with these new progressive gospels that we're doing. Um, you know, and just, just to reiterate scripture in this is first uh, Corinthians says, for the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Um, and again, sorry, this is the political and progressive gospel. Um, does anyone remember that movie, Dogma, from 1999? Um, George Carlin is this uh, priest, and he's like, you know, the crucifixion's kind of gory and kind of off-putting <laughs> for when people come to church, so we've made Buddy Christ, and he's like doing this to get more people to come in. And y'all, that is exactly what we do every time we say the crucifixion is not necessary. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ does not need to happen for us to have a relationship with God. Um, yeah, and the joke's on us because this has come true. You know, Kevin Smith called it in 1999. Um, so, finally, we've talked about the prosperity gospel the progressive gospel, the personal gospel, the Joel Osteens, the Oprahs, the Bethels, the Temple of Satan, um, the Hill Songs, and the Glennon Doyles. But what about the gospel of Kanye West? Um, here it is. Good news. Jesus is king. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. You are in the bondage to no man. He saved a wretch like me. Is that the gospel? Yeah, yeah, that's the gospel. Um, and, you know, calling upon the name of Kanye West, I've really just, it's really just like a tongue-in-cheek way of saying that, like, we are so quick to not listen to the message because we're too busy trying to shoot the messenger or worship it. And so many people did not want to listen to Kanye West's album, Jesus is King, in 2019 because of who he is and what he's done and how we perceived him. And when this album came out, Jesus is King, he was at the height of his career with fashion, media, political aspirations, <laughs> um, <laughs> social media and technology. Like he was truly at the height of it. And he was also in the midst of just a devastating breakdown. And um, again, we do not read the book of Matthew and hold Matthew's previous life against him. We hear the message that he's saying. And with St. Paul, we do not hold his life, his previous life against him. Even in, at the end of Galatians 1, Paul is standing on his own shame of, I was a terrorist. I was ISIS seeking out and persecuting these Christians. Um, and we don't hold that against him as well. Um, because we truly can glorify the Lord because of our sin, because of our weaknesses. And that's how we are able to glorify him the most. Um, and the gospel can change everything. Um, you can save a wretch like me. So this week, I want you to think about the gospels that you are telling yourself. And this is Mel Gibson talking to Jesus Christ on the set of The, the Passion. And this is what you are doing every single time the cross is not enough for you. I want you to sit in, my little, or in Mel Gibson's seat and I want you to say, Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me, 
but I also think I need to have my kids get into the right school, or I need my kitchen to be clean so everyone knows my life's together. Jesus, you died on the cross for me, but I also have these other things that I need to have in order to be complete. So that's your homework for this week. And then um, we'll end with this. Um, this is a little Kanye trivia that before this album came out, he had an album called Yeezus, and he started calling himself Yandi. And so he said, everybody wanted Yandi, but Jesus Christ did the laundry. They say the weak start on Monday, but the strong start on Sunday. And what Kanye's saying is like, everyone wants a Gandhi. Everyone wants this like powerful Yandi who comes in and he's just the best at everything he does. But Jesus Christ is the one who came in and did the laundry. He's the one who was sweeping up the floors, washing us of our sins and um, saving us from our own selves. So we serve a God of second chances. We serve a God um, that loves us, redeems us and comes for us, regardless of our good works or good deeds. Um, no one is beyond the hope of Jesus Christ, not you, not me, and not Kanye. And yeah, so that is the gospel according to Kanye. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.